people kind of say like Charlie has like wild opinions, but I find myself agreeing with Charlie quite a bit, honestly. So it's kind of interesting to hear your opinion <laughs> on that because I, I was thinking the exact same thing. People, much, like, I was like, it's not that big of a deal. It's like Charlie is not a homer. That's the problem. You don't have to be, you know, agree with everything that Buffalo Bills fans say. Because if you disagree, then you're like, oh, you're not really a real fan. He knows that getting star backs a benefit to him, hopefully. So why would he be in any rush to sign a contract? I think outside of injury, that's a very good point. See, look, more logic from Charlie. Charlie, let me ask you a question. Do you like, do you tweet like crazy things and then when you get like the opportunity to speak you just go ahead and speak like super logical so that <laughs> it like confuses people like you know, <laughs> is that what's going uh, on <laughs> yeah I, dude, look, I, look it was, charlie is always making sense to me like i don't i don't Yo, man, I, gotta, man. I gotta i gotta like go back in this episode and clip these like three spots where you said that <laughs> and just like play it on repeat on my twitter account this could be my podcast intro. Bills Mafia, what is up? And welcome into another edition of the Halftime Adjustments Podcast. My name is Charlie Gross, and I am your host. You can find me on Twitter at Charlie underscore Gross underscore. And we are a part of the Built in Buffalo Podcasting Network. Happy Victory Wednesday to you. It was not a pretty victory, but the Buffalo Bills got a victory that they desperately needed because, as I'm sure you all know, if you fall to 0-2, your chances of making the playoffs drops to 11%. Everyone starts the season at 44%. Go 0-2 in your first two games, it drops to 11%. A lot of really great things happened in the game. Uh, A few not-so-great things happened in the game. I'll also get you into my things that I think the Bills need to adjust or, quite frankly, what one person on the team I think needs to adjust. And I'll give you a bit of a preview of the game coming up against the Washington football team. First, a little news and notes. Obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick has an injury. I believe he got injured uh, last week, actually. And the Buffalo Bills were set up to play Ryan Fitzpatrick this week. And Tyrod Taylor next week as a bit of a uh, former Buffalo Bills quarterback's revenge tour. However, Ryan Fitzpatrick is hurt and will not play. And Tyrod Taylor got hurt this weekend and also will not play. So too bad for them, but the Bills will instead be facing Taylor Heineke. So Hufar has looked pretty good for the Washington football team and Davis Mills for Houston and... As far as Houston goes, I don't want to jump too far ahead of myself, but even Josh Allen can't screw that one up. I mean, that's probably going to be a bloodbath. Um, as far it's, I could see a, a you know fifty-one to nothing or something like that for the Bills. But like I said, don't want to get too far ahead. The Bills played Miami. They won. A lot of people are using the term "dominated the Dolphins," and I'm not going to go that far. A lot of mistakes. A lot of turnovers. A lot of weird stuff. Uh, the passing game was not good again. And part of that is that the Miami has a good defense. No one wanted to admit that Miami had a good defense, and no one wanted to admit that Pittsburgh had a good defense either. But yet here we are, two good defenses, and two times where Josh Allen has struggled. 
<clears throat> but let's start with the positive. The defense, once again, looked fantastic. Uh, they looked elite, and you know I think maybe that word gets overlooked a little bit. We'll see what kind of defense we really have. What? Excuse me. We'll see what kind of defense they really have when they have to play a team like the Chiefs. Uh, Miami's offense isn't the best. Pittsburgh's offense isn't the best necessarily. So I'm not sure what to take away from this game other than to say that the Bills' defense has dominated two uh, you know, average to above average offenses, which isn't a bad thing. It's a great thing. A lot of sacks, a lot of pressures, some turnovers. Uh, Greg Rousseau has looked fantastic. Mario Addison has looked good. Ed Oliver has looked fantastic in the run defense. Still missing a little bit in the uh, as far as pass rush pressure goes. I think we'd like to see a little bit more of that from him. Star Latule looked fantastic against the Dolphins. Got a couple pressures himself. Just a very dominant game. Uh, AJ Epinesa, I'll tell you what. AJ Epinesa, some people are sick of here. But AJ Epinesa had one of the highest grades uh, from my analytics company. Trust the process analytics in the player performance value. The guy was just all over the field, destroyed Tua Tungavailoa, and uh, bruised his ribs on a very clean hit, textbook hit. That's the kind of hit that the NFL is looking for. And a player gives the NFL the exact type of hit that they're looking for on a quarterback, quarterback gets injured. Hey, whatever though, right, NFL? No big deal. Just to give you an idea of their player performance values, A.J. Epinesa had a 90.5. Greg Rousseau had a 98.3. Star Latulale had a 99.3. A.J. Klein had a 99.3. And the leader of the defensive scores with 104 is none other than Levi Wallace. So obviously the defense played really well. Levi Wallace played really well, uh, a little bit different from last week. Trey White played well, but, but not great. Uh, and... A lot of people will say that, that Matt Milano and Teron Johnson were probably the two best players on the field in terms of the Bills' defense. It's hard to argue that. I mean, it's really hard to argue that anyone had a bad game on the defense. I, you know, I think the Bills just made it their mission to not let Tua get comfortable. They were constantly sending pressure at him, constantly blitzing. And it's tough for a young guy like that to handle it. But, I mean, the Bills were all over the place. Uh, fumbles, sacks, turnovers, you name it. And, and the Miami defense wasn't necessarily bad either. So that's why I say the score makes it look dominant. But to me, if you actually watch the game, the defense was dominant. The offense was not really that dominant. And obviously the, the running game, they went to that a lot, and that did well. And at times the running game was dominant. You know, right off the bat, the touchdown from Devin Singletary, a, a great job. But then you, you got Zach Moss with the fumble, uh, Devin Singletary with the fumble. Josh Allen, again, did not look comfortable. Uh, his parents have come out and said he was sick. Like, man, I don't care, bro. Like, I don't care if you're sick. You you went on the field. You Were you sick last week? I don't know. Like, teams have been trying to game plan against Josh Allen all summer. So the Bills know that. They're going to have different things put in there to help him and he's not taking the help Brian Dable said they put stuff in there they put little checkdowns they put all kinds of stuff in there Josh Allen himself said hey I've got to come off my read faster yeah you do last year he was able to just stare down Stefan Diggs and just wait and wait and wait that's not the case this year 
It's not the case. Teams aren't letting that happen. Stephon Diggs is doubled on every play. He's got to look to Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley and, you know, Dawson Knox. Like, they, these are the reasons they're put in there. Same thing with Devin Singletary. You know, there's no... If you dink and dunk down the field, Tom Brady is the leader in passing in the NFL in every single category, and he made his living with five, six-yard passes around the line of scrimmage. I, people are going to say, oh, well, Randy Moss. Yeah, he had Randy Moss for two years, and yes, he's had Rob Gronkowski, but if you go watch Patriots games, 90% of the throws are either behind the line of scrimmage, at the line of scrimmage, or you know, five yards in front of the line of scrimmage. He made his living with guys like Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, Kevin Falk, and James White. None of those guys are downfield threats. Just t- Josh needs to take the profits. Stefan Diggs is going to be covered. Just look to somebody else. They can't cover everybody if they're doubling Stefan Diggs. So that's the next evolution. And that's why at the end of the year, that was my big concern was with Josh being more willing to to take profits, to take the check down. He said in the offseason he worked on throwing guys open more. Okay, well, that's not going to work if they're in your face because your offensive line is average and you're holding the ball too long. What you should have worked on is you should have worked on coming off your first read. That was the most obvious thing to work on. You know, teams are going to game plan against you. Is Josh Allen capable of having a MVP-type season? Yeah, he did it last year. But he did it last year without fans. And I'm not trying to overemphasize that. It's not just that there's fans. Like I said, teams are starting to game plan against him. This is the next evolution. That's why when people said, oh, Josh Allen, we know what he is. He's he's just going to be like this every year. I tried to warn you guys. He's not done learning. He's not done growing. This is a learning moment for him. He came out. He probably should have won the MVP last year. If you look at his straight stats, and now teams are adjusting. So now his next evolution is to show that he can adjust. And the way he can adjust is by looking at other receivers besides Stephon Diggs, besides Emmanuel Sanders. And once he can do that, then he'll be, you know, in that echelon of quarterback that's unstoppable like the Peyton Mannings, you know, the Tom Brady's, the Drew Breeses, uh, you know, John Elway, Jim Kelly to a point, whatever you want to say. And right now, he's not there. So when you tell me we know what he is, and I'm trying to tell you, no, we don't. Because he's confronted now with an obstacle that he hasn't been confronted with, and he needs to adjust. If he adjusts, will he go back to how he was last year? Probably. But he needs to show that he can make the adjustment. You know, it was a great job of Zach Moss to bounce back, score those two touchdowns. One of the most vicious hits I've ever seen in a football game, to be honest, on that one touchdown and, you know, even going back to those hits in the 80s, the 90s, the, the 60s and 70s, you know, that, that hit on that touchdown was pretty impressive. I'm surprised that, you know, both those guys were still standing after it happened and that Zach Moss was able to get into the end zone after that. But great by him to bounce back. Great by the coaching staff to give him a chance to bounce back. And that was dominant. Like, that part of the game was dominant. But it still leaves a lot to be desired. This wasn't a bounce-back game the way... Uh, you know, the Packers bounce back on Monday Night Football. It's not that kind of a bounce back. Now, the Bills can have that kind of a bounce back coming up this week and next week against Washington and the Texans. Washington is probably the most talented defensive football team so far that the Bills have seen, but they're not playing well. And Houston is just a dumpster fire. 
and they should be regu- regulated like down to like I don't know high school football or something. But they don't do that, so they're stuck in the NFL. So this is a really good chance for Josh Allen to get himself right to really uh, practice what he preaches and come off these reads faster. So that's what I want to see adjusted for the Bills is is Josh Allen. Like Josh Allen needs to adjust. I don't know if the team itself, I don't think the coaches necessarily need to adjust. It's a Josh Allen adjustment. And is the, the new contract coming into play? Does he feel pressure to, to have his stats match up to the contract or, or do something? Maybe. And I don't know what to tell him because I've never signed a contract like that. But I guess I'll just say this again. Tom Brady got his numbers and his championships a little at a time. You're not going to win a game on one play. You're not going to get all the stats that people expect you to get on one play. It, it takes linking plays together. Not that Josh Allen's listening, but obviously, hopefully, the coaches are telling him that. Hopefully, you know, whoever, John Feliciano is telling him that or Stephon Diggs or whoever. And... Hopefully we see that adjustment. So looking forward to Washington, like I said, they've been playing pretty good offensively. They've scored a lot of points. Defensively, they have a ton of talent, extremely dangerous front seven, but they have, been, they have not been playing well. If their front seven comes together and plays as good as they can and as good as their talent indicates, I believe that Buffalo Bills will lose this game. I think Washington's defense is better than Pittsburgh. And I think Washington's offense is probably a little bit better than Pittsburgh. And obviously, I'm not talking about some kind of blowout win. It would be like 17-16 or 16-13 or 13-7, whatever. One of those weird, like really defensive struggle, kind of boring games. Uh, you know, I don't think, I think if Washington plays to its talent level, they wouldn't blow the Bills out. The Bills wouldn't blow them out. Uh, like I, until Josh Allen can make these adjustments. And even even still, the offensive line is not great. John Feliciano was the highest-rated offensive lineman per the player performance values from Trust the Process Analytics, but they were playing a team that wasn't even close to having the talent that Pittsburgh had last week. So how was he going to look against Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne and Chase Young? To me, I don't think he's going to you know, look that fantastic, but I, we'll never know. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But that's another big challenge, and it's another big challenge for Deion Dawkins and Daryl Williams. Chase Young against Daryl Williams, Deion Dawkins. I mean, this is, you know, Montez Sweat. This is going to be the biggest test, I think, maybe all year long for the Bills' offensive line. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see if Washington can kind of get their act together and, and play better. Uh, their linebackers are pretty strong, too. Uh, I, I do want to point out two guys. I know I pointed it out a little bit earlier, but Matt Milano had himself one heck of a game. I think he was just you know everywhere on the field, whether it was blitzing or coverage or whatever the Bills needed him to do. He was all over the place. Fantastic game by Matt Milano and a great game by you know Dawson Knox. And people are, are saying, well, you know, I don't get what's so great about Dawson Knox. Well, we complained for two years that he couldn't catch the football, and we overblow that a little bit. So now he hasn't dropped a pass. You spent two years talking about how he has trouble catching the football. We should spend at least a little bit of time talking about how he hasn't had trouble catching the football. He's on pace, I believe, for about 60 catches, 500 yards, and eight touchdowns, which is basically double his numbers from last year with a catch rate of 85%, double from last year. So I think that that's worth talking about. And he could probably do more 
if what I mentioned about Josh Allen would happen and Josh Allen would actually like look over him more than three or four times a game and see that he's open. Because on these these plays, there's guys that are open. If you watch the All-22, provided you can get the All-22, because the NFL still has not released the All-22 in America. <laughs> They've released it in other places, just not America. But if you can watch the All-22, it's pretty obvious that there's guys that are open and Josh Allen just ignores them. So maybe he has some weird sickness that prevents him his head from turning left or right. I don't know. So that's you know that's what we're gonna need to see. I my feeling is that the Bills win on Sunday, and if Josh Allen can adjust this stuff and get his head on right, I think it could be a blowout. But maybe the uh, the the Washington defense realizes who they're playing against, realizes that they have to play better, and they really come together. And they, they play to their potential. If that happens, it's going to be a close game. I'm not sure who's going to win, to be completely honest with you. This is definitely a very losable game. And this is going to be maybe, I don't want to say it's the biggest test for the Bills' defense, but it's going to be a bit more of a test probably than Miami was. I, th- I think that's fair to say. So we'll see. And as far as special teams goes, solid as always. Uh, still not in love with, with Matt Hawk as the the uh, punter, but he's serviceable, I guess. I guess they're more worried about the hold on the field goals for Tyler Bass. But we'll see. Uh, you know, the Bills have a really good chance to win these two games. I think they need to win these two games. You know, you want to go into the Chiefs game 3-1. and one. Because I don't see how you win that game, so you're three and two, and then who knows what happens with Tennessee? Uh, the Bills barely beat them in 2019. They got destroyed by them in 2020. So I have no idea what's going to happen in that game. But I think the Bills should consider themselves pretty lucky if they can come out of this first six, ga- six games at three and three. Hopefully by then Josh Allen will have figured his stuff out, hit his stride, made the adjustments that he needs to make. So I'm going to predict a Buffalo Bills win. I'm going to predict that they win 27 to 13 against the Washington football team this weekend. Enjoy the game. Go Bills. My name is Charlie Gross. You can find me on Twitter at Charlie underscore Gross underscore. You can find this podcast on all your regular podcasting platforms. Please give us a rating and a review. If you are on Apple, listen to all the other podcasts. Check out all the YouTube content that Built in Buffalo has. And remember, of course, Bills fans, find a way to embrace your growth mindset. And as always, trust the process.